Welcome to the third Star Wars commentary we're doing for you. We're doing tonight. We'll be watching Return of the Jedi all the way through and talking about it as we go, just like we've done with Jurassic Park, uh, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and so we just had to get this uh, final movie of the original trilogy out there before the force awaken is released although if you're watching this after the force awakens has come out uh more power to you you know if it was worth all the hype and (laughs) excitement and we're excited to find that out here real soon less than a week now from when we're recording this it's four days away people Woo! and by the time we release this episode to you like three days away so yeah, crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy. Um, Moment of truth here in four been, days. It's been a decade since the last Star Wars movie, and it's been how long since the last really good Star Wars movie? Twenty years. <laughs> Twenty. Twenty years I'm plus. Kidding. Thirty. I mean, don't get me wrong, people. Revenge of the Sith was was a spectacle of a movie but at the end of the day it's just such a mess that it doesn't quite hold up to the well the the original three the problem yeah the problem is is like uh it had two really bad disappointments before it and so it's hard to really clean up all the poop of what it left behind already even by the time you got to that one can you know anyway yeah, there's that. But we're really excited about the direction this new one seems to be going, and so hopefully it doesn't let us down. But tonight we're here just to talk to about Return of the Jedi while we while we give it another watch, and so I'm excited to do that. But we're, again, like we did the other times, watching the DVD that was released in 2004, so that's the menu we're looking at when we hit play movie. That's where um, it's going to go through all of the whatever that one does. So if you're watching a different... Just like before, we'll just try to keep you cued on where we are, and maybe you'll hear it in the background a little bit too. So, all right, so here we go. Give us the countdown, Dakota. Are we going on three, or are we going after three? We'll do three, two, one, play. Okay. So, three, two, one, play. Wait, are you going to go? <laughs> okay, let's try that again. I was waiting for you to finish saying the word play. Three, two, one, play play and we have liftoff there we go there we go that that is teamwork there <laughs> it was uncoordinated but we got the job done yeah and so uh we'll give this a little rewatch and see if uh ooh, got the nice little thx opening here but yeah we're giving this a little rewatch just to see if it uh you know some people give this a little grief for being kind of like not as you know, not good wrap up movie, but it's still a pretty strong movie. It has a lot of cool movie elements to it. Besides, uh, just kind of what they do with the story, I I, I like. Um, and people. a lot of people don't like how they have the Death Star in it again. But I'd also like to remind you that he only wanted the Death Star to be in this movie, and the studio pressured him to have it in the first one, and so he just ended up having to use it twice. But ah. Uh. The glorious 20th Century Fox logo music. 
There's something we won't see. A long see in time this ago, it just came on the screen, just so you know where we are. 20th Century Fox. You know... Okay, they're making Star Wars movies that won't won't necessarily be a trilogy. They're going to be their own movies. Are they still going to have these... The... The text, crawls? Yeah, the text crawls. I wondered about that, too. Because... What if they just did a cold open? I think my mind would just explode. I I honestly think it would be cool, especially with Rogue One, if it just cold opened. I think it could work for a movie like what Rogue One looks like it's going to be. Yeah. So, yeah. So, here you have the, the glorious yellow text to read that sets up what is now going on. You know, when we, when you when Empire Strikes Back hands, it's kind of on a pretty somber note. And... Uh, They've secretly begun construction here on a new, more powerful, bigger Death Star, which, according to a lot of mathematicians and business people, just isn't really financially feasible. I mean, you already put together the money for a first one. It gets totally blown to smithereens. Where are you getting the materials and (laughs) and funds for building a new, bigger, more destructive one? But that's beside the point. This is a space opera. The military-industrial complex that is the Empire apparently just has unlimited resources. Yeah, apparently. I guess owning an entire galaxy just gives you the ability to do whatever you I want. I think maybe that's part of it. You're supposed to assume, well, it's a lot of galaxies. So. And there it is, the unfinished new Death Star. I always thought that was cool how it's not a sphere. It's just, it's like part of it doesn't even look like it's connected to the rest of it. Yeah. Still being built there. Ooh, look at that shuttle come down. Look at these shots just amaze me every time. ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, for those of you, the, the special effects they did for these movies is just outstanding. 1983. You know, it doesn't, it, it's never actually explicitly said, but the Genosians from the original. Or the not the original, the prequels. Uh, those are the ones who are supposed to be building this thing. Oh, okay. So when Jay and Silent Bob are talking about the uh, <laughs> the the contractors, the the contractors being needlessly killed, that's who he's referring to. So it's okay because they weren't real people. There you go. All the sweet big black helmets. Paying homage to their leader, Vader. Oh, that music of dread. They don't go into it in the movies, but wearing those helmets actually causes like severe severe neck problems. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> I would guess. No, I'm not a Nazi. Do do you think the Empire has good health insurance? Uh I know. I'm guessing you're just expected to die. <laughs> you're easily replaced. Unless you're Darth Vader, I guess. And there you this this is just another somber note. You start the movie with Darth Vader. Of course they do with the first one a little bit too. A little threatening there.
whoa, that dude just peed himself a little bit when he heard the Emperor's coming. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy if, much like how Darth Vader is known for for using the Force to choke and strangle his uh, those under him, the Emperor just used his Force lightning to kill them. Yeah. Which would be a, a far, far more painful death. Yeah, I also love he's just like, like the Emperor's not as forgiving as I am when he's like choked guys to death. And here we are back on Tatooine where it all began. Going to Jabba the Huts. What is referred to as a palace but looks like a rotting tin can. <laughs> Well, he's all, he's like basically a space mobster. I'm pretty sure if you asked Al Capone to live in this place, he would look at you and then pull out a gun and shoot you in the face. Or beat you with a baseball bat. He was fond of doing both. He barely knocks. He's like, oh, there's no one here. Let's go. R2-D2. <laughs> I think he's speaking Pig Latin. <laughs> so is he talking to a robot right now or a person who's looking through that camera eye? <laughs> I think it was an actual droid, but it's stuck in that door. Yeah. I've never thought about that till now. It's kind of weird to think about. That is a big door. Yeah, unfortunately, they don't make sets like this anymore. Look at that sweet spider thing coming across. Yeah, that's kind of creepy on the old, uh, when you're watching this on the old TVs, you, you weren't able to see that. These guys, I always thought, like, were a little weak. You know, he had all these cool special effects, and these guards look gay 101. I've said that a few times. These pig guards were always kind of weak, <laughs> in my opinion. With That dude's got, like, sweet, like, noodle hair thing <laughs> coming around his shoulder. It's funny, in these movies, the Twi'lek females are actually really attractive, and then the men are just hideous. <laughs> There's a young version of this guy, too, in at the pot race scene in Phantom Menace, standing next to young Jabba the Hutt. Jabba the Hutt smoking something or other of his green juice stuff. <laughs> Lord knows what that does. <laughs> it relaxes him, okay? <laughs> I 
George Lucas was excited to do basically another cantina type scene in this movie since in the first one he basically had to use like masks they had in the wardrobe department which is why there's like Wolfman and stuff in the first movie. Uh, Jabba and all his gloriousness. Originally supposed to be a a guy, just a big guy, and then they changed it to whatever he is, a big slug. <laughs> Which I think what it took like six guys to do Jabba the Hut. I think like three were inside and. <laughs> If you're watching this movie right now, you might might be wondering what the small creature located at Jabba's, what you would, what we'd assume is his feet. His name is actually Salacious Crumb. It's a terrible name. Until <laughs> of us, C-3PO didn't realize he was being given away by Luke. <laughs> of course, his part of the plan anyway his favorite decoration (laughs) alive or a person frozen alive Just crazy laughs. Are those rats there? I think they're supposed to be rats. You just don't usually see things that are familiar with our world. And <laughs> There's something with like a tentacle grabs at him. You know, there's a scene here of a robot being tortured. Well, it's like he's being, like, branded or something. (laughs) And it's weird because he starts screaming right before it happens. And it goes back to that whole, can robots feel pain question? Do they dream of electric sheep? <laughs> he has to replace the guy over there. He's being ripped apart for doing a bad job. <laughs> You're a feisty little one. We get a job on the sail barge. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like a weird little thing playing a harmonica. I hated this part. Why, yeah, for the special why edition. Why did they have to add this in? Uh, you know the dancer, uh, the green dancer there uh, called the Twi'lek. Um, when they redid the special edition, they actually found that original dancer. And apparently she, according to herself, had been in better shape than she had been when they originally shot this. So when they re, when they added this in, it was actually the original dancer doing some new moves. I hate this song. <laughs> this is so stupid. Yeah, the CGI has Just not held up terrible well. Terrible cartoony. Plus, we got something that looks like the Lorax. Yeah. It's just... And then this lady with six boobs. Or whatever is going on. Who I'm not feeling right now. Are you talking about this green lady right here? Yeah. She fell into something that cannot be good. These people who are in Jabba's Palace enjoy torture and pain way too much. I'm surprised they don't just straight up have some gladiatorial games. <laughs> yeah. One man enters. Two men enter. One man leaves. <laughs> yeah. Of course, we have to have some extra shots of Boba Fett. Yeah. The coolest thing about Jabba is just he's a pretty cool, like, effects feat. And just how, like, six guys working together can make one creature seem like... (laughs) That is a tiny person next to Chewbacca trying to sell him. Who could it be? C-3PO just freaks out. It's kind of interesting when you look at this bounty hunter's uh, um, that brought Chewbacca here's face, the helmet and stuff. It looks a lot like that shot of 
Ray in the new trailer for the new one, like what she's wearing. Yeah. Wearing kind of a similar gog. I mean, it's a little different. It's a little more goggly than this one. But there is like a similarity there. That movie, just from the trailer, there's a lot of throwbacks to the original movies. Yeah, which is what I suppose they kind of wanted to do in the trailer, especially just to make you see, see, you know, there's there's things you want here. <laughs> it's like just like a Mortal Kombat looking dude standing back there, like a red bandana. Look at this crazy helmet guy. Wait a second. I got to pull my helmet down so that you know it's me. <laughs> there's no reason for him to do that except for us, like to pull his visor down. You know, Lando seems like the sort of guy that's been around. You think you think someone in Jabba's little palace would have would have known that that was him? Yeah, he's pretty sneaky in that little horned helmet thing. You think they would have had him? You know, when he took the job, you think they would have asked him to take it off <laughs> just in case? Just in case, maybe checked his references. Yeah. Yeah, oh. and this is where you get like more of a reveal and understanding of who this bounty hunter is. It's just funny where it's like, do all these people just sleep in there basically then? or They just like all revel every night until they're wasted and like pass out in there and do it again the next day. Wow, that would be just incredibly boring every single day. Plus yeah. it- Plus, it'd take a toll on your health. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. It's like the epitome of, quote-unquote, living life to the fullest, but it wouldn't necessarily be very fun. <laughs> you know, something I'm going to throw out there really quick. On the show Deep Space Nine, um, uh, for, the villain, for the villainous aliens called the Breen, uh, the costume designer on that show always liked the look of uh, the helmet that this character is wearing in this scene. So much so that he kind of ripped it off. There's, Like I said, there's these aliens breen and nobody knows what they look like underneath because they always wear these suits. And I always thought it was odd how nobody really talks about that. Oh, he's still alive. That'd be can you imagine that feeling of like coming out of a frozen state like that and Oh Your woman. <laughs> Whoa. He's just like waiting behind a curtain. <laughs> It's 
Jabba's just disgusting. Now here, Bantha fodder. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Apparently, like the like sl- like squishy, slithery noises that Jabba made when he moves was like the sound guy Ben Burt, who made like all of the sweet Star Wars sounds. He made it by running his hands through cheese casserole. That's how, that's how he made like Jabba's like squishy, slithery noises. Just funny how they come up with sound sound stuff. Back with Chewie. It seems like all this was planned to bring them all back together. (laughs) Everybody gets delusions of grandeur. It's crazy by this point now that Return of Jedi is being made. Harrison Ford has been Indiana Jones now. He would have been Indiana Jones a few years before this in Raiders of the Lost Dark and just just skyrocketed him even further than when he played Han Solo the first time did. And yeah, then he's coming back and doing Han Solo here again. And it's just kind of funny how he, you know, Indiana Jones is the epitome of like big starring action adventure role and then he has to come back here and in a sense play almost like a supporting character that'd be kind of weird <laughs> just watching his tail move he's just like obsessed with Jabba whoa slave Leia yes <laughs> He's going to be a little embarrassed seeing his sister like that. (laughs) Of course, we're seeing Luke do the Jedi mind trick here for the first time, kind of implying that he is, in fact, a Jedi. Yeah. Seems like I recall Carrie Fisher being pretty self-conscious about what she has to wear in this type part of the film, but I think I would be too. Well, supposedly for this uh, movie, she lost a bunch of weight. It's kind of it's kind of crazy though. She was always kind of frustrated with him. How in the other films. She wore these outfits that she always like complained to them how weren't womanly at all. They were just like kind of big roby things, and so they went the total opposite in this movie. And then she didn't really care for that as much either, because now it's like, holy cow! And I'm in a bikini. 
A metal bikini, no less. A metal bikini. Oh, he did that a little quicker than when he was trying to pull his lightsaber. Uh oh, guard fell in. <laughs> Lando's like, "Hey, baby, you're looking good." <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel about sitting down with an old <laughs> space pirate? Ah, <laughs> uh, the rancor. One of my brothers had a toy of this, but it was like to scale for the action figures, so it was like pretty big. <laughs> that thing is just nasty. I think it's just squealing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like those are probably his buddies, and they're just like laughing at him. <laughs> kind of. Crazy place. Well, it's moments like this where you find out who your true friends are. Yeah, but you're dead. <laughs> at you, least at least you find out. And, oh, wow. Oh. You just see him scarfing down on that arm. Damn. Apparently after he eats things whole, he must cough up the bones. <laughs> Oh, man, that is nasty. Ah, glorious practical effects. Oh. And then he tries taking the coward's way out by hiding. Well, it's also a giant rancor is trying to eat him. (laughs) Ooh. You're going to have to (laughs) go, like, between its legs? (laughs) Oh, it's all a sick joke. You get the door open and then there's a cage there. These people are just like in a frenzy. Waiting for him to die. What do you think, Dakota? Do you think his throw is actually that accurate or that you kind of move it with the force to guide it a little bit there? <laughs> I think it might have just been accurate. Seemed like it. <laughs> He's like, my baby. <laughs> There is, yeah, there is some crazy. Is that that Joe Camel creature again? Did you see that there? Apparently, George Lucas is a huge fan of uh, camels. (laughs) Camels. Well, it might be more uh, Carrie Fisher. (laughs) 
This is kind of in her years of struggling with drugs and addiction problems. <laughs> that bad, huh? And Han's like, I wish I weren't blind right now. <laughs> My woman's wearing a bikini. <laughs> Yeah, apparently uh, part of this movie is filmed in British Columbia. And Peter Mayhew apparently had to be careful when he was walking around his Chewbacca outfit because there's a lot of Bigfoot hunters up in British Columbia. <laughs> and he always thought they were going to like try to snap pictures of him and say it was Bigfoot. Or somebody might have taken a shot at him hoping. Or that too, yeah. I actually got him. I got him and it's like. This tall man just got shot in the leg <laughs> wearing his movie outfit. They added these in so it didn't seem so desolate. And this is the sail barge that R2 got the job on, right? It is. There he is. He's a bartender. <laughs> they love showing this blue elephant. <laughs> and he looks terrible. <laughs> well, he's supposed to be a musician, too, and it's like he's kind of just <laughs> pressing keys. I don't really hear any music coming out. You know, I don't know if this is canon anymore, but back in one of the stories of Luke as a younger person, this pit, this uh, Sarlacc pit they're going to, you know? Yeah. Like, apparently, there's some stories where Luke had gone there before as a younger person, and that the young people of Tatooine do this dare where you try to jump over it without falling in, and he's gone there and done that when he was younger with his friends. In one, in some stories, you know, but I don't know if that stuff's if Disney still left some of that as canon now. I don't know, but it is kind of cool to think about, you know, since this is his home planet, you know, that he's been here before and knew of it, you know. And this used to be like when I originally saw it, it was just a hole with teeth around it, and then they added in that middle mouth thing and the tentacles later for the special edition, right? Kind of reminds me of a uh, certain villain from a from a musical from the eighties. Well, the thing they added in the middle, yeah. If only a, I kind of liked it better when it was just more the hole with the teeth. Luke seems pretty confident. It's like he still has more plan. <laughs> R2-D2 seems to be getting in place for something. Yeah, I don't know. I still like it better than just the hole with the teeth. I don't like that thing in the middle. It's the bad CGI. It's distracting. 
You know, there's a lot of cool aliens in this movie, but it's it's like they're only in it for like just a couple minutes. And yet they probably still have Star Wars encyclopedia pages devoted to them. I'm sure they all got action figures. Yep. Oh, look at that sweet backflip jump. Oh, and it's green. You know, there's actually a deleted scene um, that was supposed to originally start out this movie of Luke back in Obi-Wan's, uh, yeah. you call it, house of him making this lightsaber. Yeah, of him building it and yep, putting the, the, the plasma crystal in or whatever. Whoa! And basically this scene right here made him like super popular. The fact that he was dressed like he is and could rocket fly and <laughs> and he really does nothing else. <laughs> but people love Boba Fett. Boba Fett. I love how Hansel just keeps saying it. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. You know, I'm honestly... And there he goes. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised they didn't have Tamaru Morrison redo that scream. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Do you know that this was an homage death? To oh, the Godfather. Oh, okay. To the death of uh, Luca. Luca Brasi. Yeah. To, yep. Luca. <laughs> yeah, George Lucas actually. You know, uh, he's really good friends with Francis Ford Coppola or whatever, and. And then he and George Lucas almost directed Apocalypse Now. Really? Yeah. Yeah, did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, he was... He had a lot of ideas of what he was going to do with it and stuff, and then it just... Never happened, and then, of course, Francis Ford Coppola did it, and it was like a terrible production shoot. Like, everything about Apocalypse Now went wrong, <laughs> and somehow it still became a movie. Yeah, it took like three years to make, didn't it? Yeah, and everything. Like, Marlon Brando was hard to work with and came extremely overweight to the set, and just everything was kind of crazy about that. And then, actually, you know, this movie is directed by kind of like an unknown director, but you know who one of the directors for this movie was brought up was David Lynch. Really? They wanted him to direct it, and he backed out, and then he directed Dune course the next year after this. oh man but it would have been interesting to see a crazy artist like that guy do a star like just chewing his eye out i forgot about that Oh, he got shot in his robotic hand. Which somehow hurts him. Interesting. Well, remember, he can feel pain because they poked his fingertips when they built it. So it must be hooked into his nervous system somehow. So it'd be awkward holding your 
sister like that. <laughs> She's barely clothed. Be awkward holding any girl like that. <laughs> I don't think it would be. <laughs> To be fair, Luke warned him, <laughs> and he didn't listen, and this, Luke's, Luke's a man of his word. The unfortunate thing is, they're all dead, really. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they are. Tonight on Empire News, a gang war on Tatooine. This, yeah. This was, and then all this stuff going on was the first time Luke and Han had been together since early Empire Strikes Back. And now they're separating again. <laughs> it's going back to the Dagobah. Did you ever watch the uh, the mockumentary on R2's life? Yes, that movie's, that mockumentary's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Oh, he was having trouble getting acting jobs after Star Wars, and he was a beach obstacle in Saving Private Ryan, <laughs> and he was friends with Richard Dreyfuss until Dreyfuss won an Oscar, and then they had a fallout. <laughs> and like, There's all these ridiculous things about his life. This part right here is kind of insane, because you see this, it's pretty much just a fleet Just a ships. massive, massive fleet of TIE fighters, and, and then you go in here and you see he's got all these ground army guys. And then, of course, the red-robed emperor guards. Thought that was funny. I think in it's in the Phantom Menace where you see these uh, the same type of guards, except they're wearing purple, and you could actually see their faces. Oh yeah, yeah. Then I think it's by the time Revenge of the Sith rolls around that uh, they're wearing red. Something that doesn't get talked about a lot was originally the title of this movie was Revenge of the Jedi. Yeah. And then there, there, yeah, there's just like, I think it was a lot of, they thought it was too negative, I think is what I had heard. Yeah, George Lucas decided. Um, and then there were a few people that worked on this movie that really didn't care for the title Return of the Jedi. I thought it was kind of weak. What? I guess... I guess originally in the script, uh, Luke was supposed to don Vader's helmet. Yeah, and well, another thing I know that was different with the script too was that Obi Wan was supposed to like come back in the flesh and not just a spirit. Like in this, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen kind of differently in this series. That just, you know, happened differently. Here we are back on Dagobah. Luke didn't crash into the swamp this time though, so. I'm telling you, that first time around, Yoda pulled him down. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Like the This Yoda puppet, I don't mind it, but for some reason, the episode one Yoda puppet is just terrible. Is it the fact that his hair just looks like crap in that? Oh, and, like, his mouth seems, like, different and weird. And I know now, you know, George Lucas, of course, had to fix that again. And 
Now with the new Blu-rays, he's CGI in episode one. But, which maybe that was a good change, because I remember the puppet in episode one is just weird. It doesn't even look the same as this one. He's like, dude, I'm 900 years old. How long do you want me to live? <laughs> do you think they'll do a Yoda movie down the road? Oh, man. Like Yoda Origins? <laughs> Where you see his mom and pop, Kermit and Miss Piggy? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. That's how it would be. And he's an outcast accepted by neither frog nor pig, so he yeah. decides to leave his home planet. There you go. Goes to a galaxy far, far away. Realizes he has midichlorian. No, it's kidding. There'll be no talk of midichlorians. <laughs> oh. That is that is probably true. Yeah. Luke's realizing he's going to have to confront Vader. I never. Why is Yoda so hesitant just to tell him? You know, when he asks him that, you know, is it just that Yoda just doesn't like to give answers? Like Professor X will never just tell Wolverine answers. Like, I mean, he does here. You know, I think a part of it is he's he's not sure what Luke would do, like how he'll handle the information. Yeah. He is kind of a whiny punk. It might affect him negatively. Do you know the story of uh, why why George Lucas put this in the movie? Where Yoda says says that what did says that uh, Darth Vader is his father? No, why? Uh, he was told by a child psychologist that children wouldn't believe that Darth Vader was Luke's father unless it was spoken by a good character. Yeah, you know, I I heard that like a long time ago. I remember that being talked about. How yeah, they like like it would never be accepted by young people. Which I thought that was kind of an interesting, but I kind of get it. You know where. You know, kids would be suspicious, I suppose, of uh, just having the bad people give the information. Which is kind of part of the setup of the new one here where Luke is the last of the Jedi when Yoda is dying here. And then the new one, of course, is the Force awakening again and apparently causing a new rise of Jedi. And, well, 
inevitably Sith within that. Shouldn't they have still been... Still have been being born or having their powers, though? Really? You think that would keep going? Well, there might be some who could be, but there's no one being trained, you know? Yeah. It's like you think there would still be people out there with some Force-like abilities. They just don't know how to use them. Right. Which, that could be an interesting movie. like Almost like a comedy guy going around realizing he can move stuff, but doesn't know what to do with it. <laughs> or you find out, like, like on a certain planet, there's uh, the greatest poker player. <laughs> is Yeah. No, he's playing craps, and he keeps <laughs> moving the dice like Qui-Gon does. And... You know, if Luke was in a half an hour late getting to this planet... There would have been no Yoda to talk to. Yoda was waiting for him. He's just strolling in the woods. (laughs) Ghost in the woods. From a certain point of view. That's a fancy way of saying, yeah, I kind of lied to you. <laughs> but only in one skew of it. kind of it's kind of crazy when you think about how the jedi are basically telling luke go kill this person like they want luke to basically be a glorified assassin <laughs> like yeah we're telling you to murder someone but it's for the greater good you know they're not telling him to go kill him in cold blood i'm sure You'll fight him for a little bit, and you can make it look like an accident if you need to, but as long as he's dead. (laughs) The interesting thing is, Yoda failed to kill the Emperor, and Luke is barely trained. It's like, you're pretty much sending this boy to be slaughtered. Yeah. That was another interesting script change, Dakota, was that Leia wasn't always going to be his sister. 
that uh, they were going to have him go in search of his sister, who would be just somebody else, you know. And so, that yeah, that's just kind of interesting to think about how she wasn't always going to be his sister. I like how it's been, like, how many years since A New Hope? Like, in the timeline of the movies, and Han still sports the white shirt and black <laughs> vest. It's like, he just always wears that. That's apparently... I thought this lady always looked like she belonged on the planet Krypton. <laughs> like, from the Richard Donner Superman, you know, they kind of wore stuff like that. Not the Zack Snyder Krypton where they wore like more. Uh, this character of Mon Mothma, who was supposed to be in Revenge of the Sith, a young version of her at least. Really? Yep, she's in a few deleted scenes. <laughs> Admiral Akbar, everybody's favorite <laughs> secondary character. It's a trap! <laughs> he is one of the more quoted secondary characters, I think, yeah. ever. What's funny is the original line is supposed to be, it's a trick. And when they screened it, audiences thought that that was a terrible line. <laughs> Insulation Agents, it's a trap, and now it's, like, famous. He's got, like, an octopus head. There's always, like, a terrible weakness to these Death Stars. Yeah, the flaw in the original Death Star doesn't seem as bad compared to the fact that you can now fly an entire ship yeah, through the Death Star. It's big enough where you can fly right in there. You don't you don't have to rely on some supercomputer. You just fly in there, yeah. shoot some missiles, get the hell out. That guy's beard is crazy. <laughs> Chewie's like, dude, I'm your dude, man. And my axe. <laughs> it's like the Fellowship of the Ring. You have my bow. Ask me again sometime. <laughs> Those weak transporters out there transporter ships <laughs> what a piece of junk look at that millennium falcon <laughs> it's like every time it's on screen and or they're doing something with it, like always half works What year, what year did he do Blade Runner? Was it like 1984? Oh, yeah. I think so it like was. like a year after this, he did Blade Runner. That's crazy. Oh, 
Lando just loves his capes. That's a nice cape you got there. He's pretty much wearing the uh, militarized version of his outfit from... <laughs> Cloud City. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, if I'm going to be in... If I'm going to be in the Rebel Alliance, I at least want a cape. <laughs> it's like Han giving over his sports car to some guy to use for some, like, joyride or something. He's, like, having trouble giving. Had a lot of good memories in that ship. I never understood exactly why C-3PO has to go on all these things with them. He's kind of useless. Like, I get R2-D2, he can, like, do things, but... Like, do they take C-3PO just in case they need someone to speak a language? Oh, that, this is the funny thing I had heard, too, is this that chair that the Emperor sits in was supposed to be motorized, like, be mo- turned motorized, but it hardly ever worked right. And so Ian McDermott, who played the Emperor, would have to shuffle his feet to make it look like it was spinning around. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really tell it, but Ian McDermott at this point in time is actually a young man. Well, yeah, yeah, it's it's worked out well for when he played Palpatine in the prequels. Honestly, he's he's another kind of shining spot in those prequels. Like he's pretty, it's pretty cool to watch him play his game of rising the ladder, you know, by looking all innocent and old. <laughs> Supposedly, like the unfinished Death Star is supposed to, some of it's supposed to look like the skyline of San Francisco or something. Like, if you know San Francisco, you'll recognize part of it. I don't know. It's kind of a thing they do. They'll do a movie about that code now, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> like, everything in these movies that gets referenced at all will become a movie. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I know Luke is trying to confront Vader, but he had to know he's putting his friends in danger by being on that ship because his dad will be able to sense him. He probably didn't think his dad was going to be there. He's supposed to be out hunting him down. Mm. 
Chewbacca's head looked like it was half the size of Leia. (laughs) She's just tiny, and that guy is just a big guy. Here we go on Endor, right? Which they got the name for this place, I think, probably from the Bible. There's a place called Endor. It's where the where Saul goes to see the witch. In really, the witch of Endor. Yeah. Guessing that's one of the places they probably got that as a reference point for a name. Leia's uh, cloak there looks like it's spray painted. (laughs) It's really funny. Maybe she couldn't afford one that was camouflaged. She had to come up with her own. (laughs) These rebels don't have unlimited budgets like the Empire. These were always one of my more favorite trooper outfits. I like these scout trooper helmets. Like how they're squared off like that. kind of look cool in my opinion I always thought these speeder bikes were awesome too though oh nice shot you know they look cool but you know in fact they'd be really dangerous well, through these forests, yeah, they'd be really dangerous. But come on, this is a cool scene. It's cool how they did this here, too. You know how they did this? They had a a guy walk the forest with a steady cam, and they filmed it at one frame per second, and then they just sped it up to 24 frames per second or, like, normal filming. And then it just looked like fast and crazy going through the forest. It's kind of cool they did that. Yeah, like this is like super dangerous. <laughs> it's basically the equivalent of of snowmobiling through here at 80 miles an hour. <laughs> so he jumps on the... To be fair, Luke at least has Jedi reflexes, like <laughs> like the same reason Anakin was able to pod race. But you know these scout troopers don't. <laughs> Come on, though, you know you want to ride one of those and do that. <laughs> yeah, in a in a giant open field. <laughs> this is how you could deer hunt, man, because it's got a gun on it. Just <laughs> just drive through the field, shoot the deer. A deer would see you coming and just freeze right in front of you. Mm-hmm. You'd hit the deer and just explode. <laughs> Pedal to the metal. I have a model of one of these in the Black Series. 
It looks really cool. Those Star Wars Black Series, you know? Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's really cool because it's, like, bigger and it's really detailed. Like I said, I just always like the look of these scout troopers. And Got to admit, that was a pretty graceful roll, f- fall, and roll up. Oh! <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't do a Wilhelm, sc- Wilhelm scream there. There is one in this movie, but not yet. It wasn't there. They use a Wilhelm scream in like all of these movies. <laughs> Eventually, this is going to end badly for one of them. <laughs> it just can't can't stay wide enough forever. This is great. <laughs> he just hacks off the front. The guy just spins out of control. Jeez. Nice C-3PO crotch shot there. <laughs> Uh oh. <laughs> that dude's got really bright green on there. I just can't imagine it'd be easy for R2D2 to roll through this forest. <laughs> Enter the Ewok. Yeah, which originally were supposed to be Wookiees, is what they were going to use in this movie as, like, who they run into here, but they decided to make it something small and furry instead of tall with long hair. Yeah, trying to find a bunch of tall actors, I guess, is not as easy as as you would think. It's probably partially that, and other, but also, you know, you always talk about how George Lucas seems to have an affinity for using small people. So, and this is Warwick Davis here. This is kind of his intro into movies, wasn't it? Was being this Ewok? Yeah, Wicket. Yeah, which I don't think they say Ewoks in this movie, and I don't think any of the Ewoks say their names in this movie. They're given <laughs> all that later. Yep, the thank you to the toys again. Pretty much. But yeah, I know, like, uh... Apparently, uh... Um, keep losing my train of thought. Warwick Davis, apparently his grandma heard about casting of to play Ewoks on a radio station in London and she like told him he should go try out for it and so he did <laughs> and then he kind of got to be in a lot of movies after this too yeah something interesting about these uh, Ewoks apparently their mouth the mouth on them didn't really work so they simulated talking by kind of moving their tongue around. 
and making noises. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, if you look at them, their mouths, like, never move. Yeah, and I've always noticed that, like, their lips don't really do much movement, but... <laughs> what are your feelings on the uh ewok uh adventure movies dakota oh they were so bad they're pretty Just... bad and then how about the ewok cartoon that i never did see where well, it was weird like there's a lot of magic involved in it, and it just made no sense. That is a crazy, small, slim blaster she's got there. It's, of course, look at that guy's little... Looks more like a Star Trek phaser gun. Yeah, it does. Oh, oh. Nailed it. Leia's. I mean, obviously, Wicked helped there, but. She's pretty good at handling herself. Ah, <laughs> uh, they're holding hands. How cute. As far as the Ewoks in this movie, though, do they bother you that much? Not really. Yeah, I was never really that bothered by... You know, some people have, like, really strong opinions about how terrible the Ewoks are, but... But I would never put them at the level of some people where they're, like, the quote-unquote Jar Jar Binks of the original trilogy. It's like, no way. Nothing is on the level of Jar Jar Binks. (laughs) Well... He's just kind of annoying. That's why that Jar Jar Binks theory is interesting. How I thought that was funny. Apparently, um, kids who watched the Clone Wars cartoon show were uh, constantly sending Lucasfilm uh, messages, emails, whatever. Um, Asking, where's Jar Jar at? Really? So they eventually got Ahmed Best to reprise or do to do the voice of Jar Jar. So well, he's still getting work. Good for him. I thought that was odd, though. It's like, oh, he's hated by grown-ups and just loved oh, by children. Well, and that's the thing. Kids have always loved Jar Jar. Yeah. My younger brother, he had, like, bedding set, you know, that was, like, you know, the little boy Anakin with his pod racer helmet on, and all the bedding stuff was, like, pod racer stuff, and then the pillowcase had, like, boy Anakin on it wearing his helmet, the goggles down and stuff, and it's, like, just funny, you know, kids love that stuff, it's just all the grown-ups hated it, (laughs) although the pod racing was cool.
Common sense would just tell you this is a trap. Yeah. It's a trap! <laughs> but to Chewie, it looks like lunch. <laughs> or something. He's very intrigued by it anyway. Ew, it had a weird face. <laughs> he just has a buzz saw. <laughs> it sometimes it just doesn't even make sense how many things R two has in him. Like who made him Batman? <laughs> it's like the unend the endless amount of utilities in his innards. Look at that guy. He's pretty sweet. <laughs> Han is like totally like, what is going on? It's funny how they wear those like leather hat covering things. Yeah, their lips just don't move at all, do they? <laughs> nope. So what creature is that that he's wearing on his head there, Dakota? <laughs> I have no idea. I was seeing, you just know all this crazy Star Trek, or Star Wars lore. Well, I know Star Trek lore too, but <laughs> they never went into specifics. I'm sure somebody created... Names for everything, <laughs> yeah. Like you said, there's probably an action figure for it now, or some sort of model. Like the in the first one, you see the bones of a crate dragon. Yeah, right. Like and that's the, what I mean. You knew that, and so I was like, and somebody created a giant lizard-looking thing. Is like that's what that's supposed to look like. It's like I'm okay if you say so. Yeah. I wonder if that's technically canon now too. How the crate dragon's supposed to look, or if they're gonna do their own thing. <laughs> they think he's just this deity. <laughs> it's against my programming to impersonate a deity. No, they're like protecting C-3PO. He just gets carried on like a throne. That just looks like fun. Yeah. Swinging like Tarzan across there. While the rest of them get hung like like they're the next meal. <laughs> I wonder why they don't think like R2 is some sort of deity. Because <laughs> he's not made out of gold. Yeah, maybe that's it. 
That is a creepy looking baby. <laughs> Was that a gremlin? <laughs> or mugwai? <laughs> nice nice little song there. They're not gonna eat her though. You know, a lot of people wonder where she got this dress from and who braided her hair. <laughs> Which ones are the females of the Ewoks? <laughs> that is a good question. <laughs> it's like there's babies, so they somehow reproduce. You know, I'm surprised Care Bear enthusiasts didn't see this movie and say to themselves, we could totally pull this off for our movie. Oh, God, you imagine a Care Bear movie where they looked like this? That'd be so freaky. <laughs> Shooting beams out of their chest. Didn't he say it's against his protocol to impersonate a deity? Yeah. And now. <laughs> well, Luke Skywalker is his creator's son, so. But nobody seems to mention <laughs> that in this trilogy. So maybe, maybe for that one reason. He Wouldn't that be it. awesome if, like, Vader... Like, in the first movie, when he sees C-3PO, it's like, C-3PO! How are you? (laughs) It's me! Annie! (laughs) Like, Darth Vader just says it like that. (laughs) Well, I used to be Annie. (laughs) Yeah, you think there would have been some recognition of him. Or is he just, like, so far down the... The path of the dark side and being more machine than man. He just doesn't recall all that. Or there's a ton of 3PO's out there. That's true. We saw a silver one and then the, a gold-plated one once before. Not exactly like 3PO. <laughs> R2 just sadistically zapping the Ewoks. Oh, this is when he's like telling the story of what they've gone through. Yep. He does pretty sweet sound effects. (laughs) His sound effects are amazing. (laughs) 
Han's like not impressed that he's telling him how he's frozen in carbonite. It's like, leave that out. <laughs> Their language is so messed up. Like, You know, typically when they when they come up with a language for uh, movies that's supposed to represent an alien species, yeah, sometimes they will just rip off current languages or languages. Well, I that, think they did with this too, but um, well, I know uh, later on when you see uh, when you see Lando in the Millennium Falcon, his his co pilot who has been nicknamed the the uh, pancake kid <laughs> for various yeah. reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, With the big lips. Yeah. He apparently is speaking uh some African language. I can't remember what it is off the top of uh my head, but apparently people in Africa were like blown away because when he started speaking some of them were able to understand him. Yeah, I think it was a a Kenyan like some sort of Kenyan dialect. Because I think for him they got an actual Kenyan to do the line, record the lines. But I don't know, like with the Ewoks, like I'm sure it's based on something too, but... This part doesn't seem to make any sense anymore either. Alea remembers vaguely their mother, but she died in childbirth because she lost hope or whatever, according to episode three. Uh, <laughs> that's something that always bothered me. Like the way she dies? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's kind of pathetic. It's like these doctors have some very sophisticated medical equipment. and Which is why I think he had to do something like that so that we couldn't use their sophisticated medical equipment like well she didn't die from medical things she died from losing faith <laughs> or something and they could have said something like she's lost too much blood i don't know something else that made sense there's a line coming up here that they use in the they used in the one teaser trailer for the new one You have that power too. I gave her the little look before he said, My sister has it. Seeing if she's going to catch on here. <laughs> That's just kind of an awkward uh, line. Unless she's meant she always felt a connection between them. 
What if she always knew they were brother and sister? The kiss in Empire Strikes Back is really awkward. Yeah. Luke, the optimistic idealist that he is, with his beautiful 80s hair. <laughs> oh. Hey, it beats uh, beats that 70s hairdo he was sporting in the first one, right? <laughs> eh, maybe. A little bit. Harrison Ford, the one actor who looks the same in all these movies. <laughs> yeah. He practically still looks the same now, just like a little grizzled, more grizzled, but. <laughs> Mr. Jealous. Super short railings for the Ewoks. <laughs> like, these guys will just fall right <laughs> over it. <laughs> hey, if they're quick enough as they're falling, maybe they could grab on to <laughs> yeah, them. There you go. Uh, girl. Boah, boah. <laughs> Just think how big that platform must be to allow that ship to land on it. Yeah. Do you see that that at at walking below? Yeah. I never noticed that before. Oh. They even show it. I, it's funny. I never caught it in that other shot. It's because this is glorious high def. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. I mean, it's a widescreen television, which helps. Yeah. the The real question is, when they have that battle, where's that thing at? Yeah. Unless the woods are are blocking it from getting. In there. It's yeah. It's more like just the hound dog around their central base can't really get through the woods very well. It's a nice lightsaber you've built. Wow, considering it has no meaning, he really got uh, pretty uh, snippy about it. (laughs) Yeah, why do you think they cut the scene where it shows him making this? I don't know. Lucas said it ruined the pacing of the opening. Because it was just so early in the movie, you just felt like it didn't fit quite right. Yeah. They could have used little snippets of it 
right before we seen him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that might have worked. I think that's funny. He turns he turns that line around. It was it's what Vader said to him in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. He's trying to make it hurt him a little bit there. Saying things like that. Whoa, look at he's kind of paused. He might be making certain feels. Happen invader. <laughs> he just like starts sobbing. <laughs> I can't cry inside this helmet. <laughs> Gets all foggy. <laughs> That is a smooth taking off ship. <laughs> There's the tongue pop. <laughs> Funny, you don't really notice it until someone says something. Yeah, and then... it's like I can't stop thinking about it now that you said it. It's like they just pop their tongues. Now, was this in it? Was that those ships added there? Uh, no. I don't think they really added any ships to this one. This fleet's a little more massive than the one we saw. That Lando. The- yeah. Lando apparently likes to sway back and <laughs> forth as he drives the Millennium Falcon. He likes move. He likes the moving around room. I like to groove, baby. <laughs> I got a rhythm. There's Pancake. <laughs> the Pancake Kid. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's great. And then you got all the octopuses in here <laughs> controlling everything. <laughs> or squids. I don't know. You know, if I was a character in this movie... I couldn't just help it if I got aboard that ship. I'd probably, for the first thing out of my mouth, would be, why does it smell like a filet fish up in here? <laughs> Something seems fishy <laughs> in here. <laughs> Do you think they would get the jokes? Yeah, maybe. They seem just so stoic. Like, Yeah, everybody's so serious. It's like the fate of the galaxy is... <laughs> like Mon Mothma was just too serious. You know, if J.J. Abrams really wanted to blow us away at the very end of this new Star Wars movie, Boba Fett would show up for no reason in Slave One, (laughs) take out a couple rebels, and just Uh, leave. Disney promised there'd be no, like, everything, and J.J. Abrams said it too, 
everything is in the movie. Like there's no mid credit or after credit scenes. Good. I feel like that's become a trend. Like we have to have something after yeah, the credits. Like it works for Marvel, but now you know, like you, you're there's like this on and off where you don't know if anybody else is gonna do it. And well, nice. <laughs> well, a lot of people were expecting DC to do it with uh, Superman Returns, right? I love how we're supposed to like laugh at this when he could just hit a tree and explode and die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but because he's an Ewok. Nice. He did the old tap the other shoulder thing. Wah, wah. Oh, I never realized <laughs> that before, but there was an older guy with this crew. Well, they're rebels, man. You got to take what you can get. <laughs> Farmers with pitchforks, anything, man. For all we know, he fought in the Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah. They love doing Death Star shots in this movie, don't they? Yeah. God, I can't get over Mark Hamill's butt chin. <laughs> it's so glorious. It's going to be sad when it, him seeing him all bearded in these new ones. <laughs> Is he supposed to have a beard? Yeah, he grew his beard out. For oh it. man, it's a sign he's evil. <laughs> Obi Wan had a beard. That was different. <laughs> that was different. He was old, He was an old hermit. Well, that's what Mark Gamble is now. If you see an old hermit without a beard, you better watch out. Yeah. I was found it odd that this emperor needed guards. Yeah. He's probably the most powerful person in the galaxy. He just wants to, you know, he just likes to have somebody to boss around, you know. <laughs> guards, bring me my afternoon tea. <laughs> it would be something like that, too. Bring me my footstool. Yeah, my footstool. What times murder she wrote on today? <laughs> yeah. Just random old man things. It's crazy to think how like Ben Kingsley and David Suchet were approached about playing the Emperor. Really? Yeah. I, it'd be interesting to see David Suchet do it. I could see him pulling that off. Maybe I don't know about Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley probably wouldn't have been in the prequels. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. So they would have had to recast him. David Suchet would have been. I would have liked to see his sinister take on the Emperor. I like him. God, he would have been just like a really young man then. I would think so, because he's probably only in his 60s now. Right? Well, I don't know. Yeah, he would have been probably... Upper, upper 60s now, anyway. He probably would have been along Carrie Fisher's age, you think. Because I think she was the youngest member of the cast. Yeah, she's definitely the youngest member because she lied <laughs> to be in the first movie about her age. 
I like how he just acts all like tells like a terrible joke here and thinks he's hilarious. He doesn't get out much. <laughs> I found it odd he uses the phrase legion when it's just like maybe 50 <laughs> guys tops. <laughs> well, a, a legion is like 6,000 men. Yeah, legion. Unless they're stationed just all over the planet. <laughs> the little furry teddy bear will handle it. <laughs> There, wait, was that the Wilhelm? Yeah, it sounded kind of different. It was so high pitched. They tried. I think they tried to add an echo to it. Whoa! Hit the brakes, Lando. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid. Wonder when they're going to realize. It's a trap. (laughs) Here's some random information for you. The uh, Family Guy parody of this movie was called It's a Trap. (laughs) Every time I see him now, I can think of the Pancake Kid. Uh, I always thought he just had, like, funny carp lips. (laughs) I'm sure he has a name, too. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I'm sure there was a comic book where he was like, I don't know, some commando. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he probably has a name. They all have names. They all have figures. In fact, I think I got it here. I don't know how you say it. If it's knee-numbed, it's N-I-E-N, and then it's N-U-N-B. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Knee-numbed something. So, yeah, well, they all have names, man. But I like the Pancake Kid. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That guy looks like a young David Strathairn or something. He does. I mean, it isn't, but it looks like him. That would make him too cool if he was in this. (laughs) I love how they just get like, he gets like all super excited about somebody getting a building hate in them. Like, yes, (laughs) hate. (laughs) You know, that was part of the the Jar Jar, Darth Jar Jar theory was how all of the Darths have yellow eyes. You know, like Anakin even gets them when he changes. Yeah. And... Jar Jar has the same like kind of shade of yellow eyes, <laughs> and so like that's how you know he was a he was a Sith all along. <laughs> and since him and Palpatine were both from Naboo, Palpatine trained him. <laughs> okay, that theory was just a little too crazy to buy into. It would redeem Jar Jar, though. <laughs> redeem him? Yeah. Because he'd 
Like they talked about how like all his goof ups out on the battlefield when he's kicking around that thing like resembles drunken master fighting. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> oh, it all fits, Dakota. It all fits. Uh, there you go, folks. I just... There you go. That's how. That's how uh, <laughs> this new Star Wars movie should end. You find out that. Jar Jar is actually... Kylo Ren is being <laughs> led by Darth Jar Jar. <laughs> Misa gonna bring you to the dark side. <laughs> I just can't imagine those big walking things are really that much of a help. <laughs> Shoot their ridiculous little arrows. I think it's funny when they start shooting those arrows, you do hear some of the stormtroopers will start yelling, Help! <laughs> it's like Help! what would be the point they're of this bouncing armor? off your armor unless they hit him in that sweet spot you know like where it can you know where the, there's a section open there I think it wasn't part of Lucas's idea with having like a tribe like this fight him was that like to show that even like the small Primitive people were, you know, were able to be effect, you know, helpful and effective, and yeah, something uh, along the lines of how the uh, the Zulu defeated the British Empire. Yeah, kind of like in that vein of thinking. Gotta love the glider. Kind of the Lord of the Rings thing, where even the smallest of creatures can affect. <laughs> They just trip him with a rope. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> hey, at least they're trying. Okay, <laughs> they're all just getting drugged by <laughs> it. Like, oh god. David and Goliath moment. He's just like, ah, it touched me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then Wicket just uh, comic relief. Harrison Ford is just always like so intense when he's in that moment of action. He just gets his gets his intense stare going. What do you mean it's hard to roll over this forest floor and you should use your rocket packs? You have rockets? <laughs> catapult him down <laughs> that must be like that go motion stuff there huh with the way that was moving yeah which is oh that's a cool shot just like an advanced form of stop motion wow that was a feminine looking dude there <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing a lot of makeup <laughs> Hey, the imp- uh, apparently the Rebels will take anybody. Just look at Porkins. <laughs> Porkins. Rest in peace, Porkins. I just can't believe that guy. They named that guy Porkins <laughs> in the first one, the fat guy. It's like, you know what? I had this kind of written down on a piece of scratch paper, and I think this name might fit you. You're going to be Porkins. 
Don't worry, it's better than the pancake kid. Emperor's getting a little a little uh, high on himself here with how awesome he is and everything he's doing. <laughs> well, throughout the whole movie, he seems to be drunk on his own power. I wonder if some of those were shots from the first movie that they just reused there. Wasn't it red in the first one, or was it green still? I think it was green. Oh. His hand is just all floppy. <laughs> this is just a big culmination battle, last effort here. We got space battle going on, ground battle. They're just beating a stormtrooper to death. Oh, man! Right in the face! <laughs> Yeah, that guy's getting a closed casket, closed casket funeral. <laughs> yeah, right in the money maker. <laughs> oh man, there's all his tools. <laughs> you know, if you look closely, one of those attachments is squirting out some sort of fluid. <laughs> <laughs> He's wetting himself. Hans is like barehanding hot wires <laughs> out of the building. It's desperation right there. Oh. Little teddy bear, get up. Get up. Wake up. You're okay. Freedom comes at a cost, Dakota. It does. They had to have that shot because they realized they were showing the Ewoks doing too well. <laughs> so they had to have some die. No. Boom. Oh, 
is kind of heavy <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah. You can see why the original movie posters had a disclaimer about how this movie might be intense for younger viewers. Because some of that stuff is some pretty heavy thematic elements for young children. Like, he's like wanting him to feel his hate and to strike him down. <laughs> Did you hear they did a Tarzan yell there? Yeah. <laughs> Guy's just wearing like a ridiculous helmet that probably isn't going to help him when he falls <laughs> off. <laughs> I love how they just beat people to death. It's just like the beginning of 2001 a Space Odyssey where he's just like hammering on him with bones. Hey. For every one you let go, they come back. <laughs> okay, so you put them down, or they come back. Chewie's like, this is easier than the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> He's just a master pilot. He's like, I could fly the Death Star if I had to. <laughs> He's just like, fucking, yeah. Can you fly the Death Star? <laughs> Chewie would figure out how. <laughs> Even if he had to do it like Atlas holding the Earth, he would just grab onto it. And <laughs> the first one somehow flew. It was getting around. Yeah, yeah. I guess I didn't think about it. I thought I just thought of it as orbiting, but of course, this one isn't really going anywhere, considering how it's not even a whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> they knock him off and beat him to death. <laughs> kind of sadistic when you think about it. Gotta love this move. <laughs> A lot of this stuff, like that right there, George Lucas was inspired by... Did you ever see Disney Swiss Family Robinson? Yeah. That they made in the 60s and how they had like a pile of logs they let roll down the hill to get the pirates that were coming after them. And a lot of these primitive things he did with the Ewoks, he he paid homage to Swiss, Swiss Family Robinson. Knowing JJ and how he tries to think, I love you. <laughs> Ooh, switch the line up there. And then she said, I know. Knowing JJ, though, and how he tries to think of everything to pay homage is like, she'll probably have like a shot wound scar in the new movie or something. <laughs> Everybody's dead but them. <laughs> Jeez. A little more sophisticated lightsaber fighting in this one. Yeah, I think with every movie, they kind of refined what they used uh, to make the actual lightsabers on set. Yeah. In the first one, I think they were just happy to get it to actually kind of work. <laughs> you know the lightsaber idea and then 
Once again, using the two-handed system of fighting, just like right. a samurai would. Yeah, I don't think they really switched to the one-handed spinny stuff till the prequels. In these, it's a lot of mostly two-hand. And then none of the... I mean, this isn't even... You know, David Prowse, who was Vader in the suit, this wasn't even him in all these. It was the guy who knew how to do all the... the moves. I said that was crazy how Vader actually threw his lightsaber <laughs> like that. But he didn't do it in a way where he force brought it back to him like Thor's hammer or something <laughs> like after he threw it. I think he was supposed to have because he has it in his hand by the time he gets oh, down true. the he stairs. He did have it there. He just maybe just didn't see it happen. But. <laughs> Everything Billy D says just sounds really cool and groovy. <laughs> He's bringing out all the guys. Hey, they're not dead yet. <laughs> Ewoks just start beating them all to death like one big <laughs> carnage party. And then ripping their legs off and cooking them since they apparently eat humans. Because <laughs> they tried to do that to... Maybe that's how they got all those helmets at the very end. <laughs> yeah, okay. Mass decapitations. They're like predators. They keep, they keep the skull and spines <laughs> for trophies. Marco. <laughs> I'd like to point out how immature this is. I'm pretty sure he's not going to just give up and, like, they're going to let Luke go because they couldn't find him. Oh man, he's totally emotionally overboard now. Right, that was already like a robotic hand. (laughs) 
wonder if we're going to see Luke doing some cool lightsaber action in the new movie. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of interesting, though, how Luke here kind of... His robotic hand helps him kind of relate to his dad there. Ooh. I think throwing away the lightsaber was a Time bad idea. For his angry fingers. <laughs> Jeez, what did they use in there? <laughs> Love the smell of napalm in the morning. <laughs> he's like yay we're not all gonna die I'm just happy to be here Lando Look at Vader sneaking up on him. It's weird how Vader doesn't have a face that changes expression, but there you can, you you know, like like here, you can tell like that he's like that this is bothering him, even though his face is you know. Chucks him over the side. It's alright, even though he has one hand. So, do you think that that is Anakin fulfilling the prophecy then? Is this, because, is this him bringing balance to the Force? (laughs) <laughs> I think he did that when he killed all the Jedi and left only two Jedi and two Sith. Oh, that's, do you think that's the moment he brought balance? Either that or the fact that it, everyone was wrong and it was Luke they were referring to. Right, it's just kind of interesting how he is the one that ends up throwing the Emperor over like that. 
Because technically that whole uh, was what exactly was the prophecy, who was the prophecy about, it was never... That's the thing about prophecies. You don't know if it was really about Anakin or what it meant even. Well, yeah, there was a prophecy that didn't have enough details about yeah, who exactly it would be. Yeah, apparently the, you know, because they can fly through this one, you know, in their <laughs> ships. They said that this one is 460% larger than the one in the first movie. <laughs> That's quite a bit bigger. I'm pretty sure the uh, size of it wasn't the uh, wasn't its fault in the first one because it was still able to destroy planets. No, yeah. No, it was the... Then you have this poor soul kamikazing it into the Super Star Destroyer. Yeah. Well, it was effective. But... <laughs> hey, I hope, he got, I hope he got a monument in his name in Coruscant. They, they named a school after him. <laughs> wow, the whole thing just goes up and no one had any time to escape. The moment we are all waiting for to find out what's under this helmet. Or if it would be a CGI Hayden Christensen. <laughs> God, he just... Ew. The egghead. Considering he was completely set on fire, I suppose suppose it could have been worse, huh? Yeah. Just this decrepit old bald man under the suit there. Oh, 
I was wondering if you ever actually took that around and just walked around without it on. Or if he even could. Darth Vader? Yeah. No, he can't. That's why he has to go into that weird ball thing they showed in Empire Strikes Back to take his helmet off. Now they have to fly all the way out before it blows up. Seems very unlikely he would make it out in time. <laughs> that is a cool shot of you see the fire like over over catching them. Yeah. And then they all start getting struck by like meteor pieces <laughs> from it. Oh yeah. And then half the forest burns down. <laughs> Only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> okay. This face here is great. Like, you kissed him. That, you know that's what he's thinking of in that moment. Like, wait, what? <laughs> and then he's like, wait, now you're kissing me? Am I your brother? <laughs> and Wicket's like, it's party time. Let's yeah. eat some scout troopers. <laughs> oh, that's... I already got a big stew pot going. We just got to throw them in there. That's disturbing. <laughs> uh. The melted mask. <laughs> I can't remember what religion it is um, that's supposed to do this, but apparently... Luke lights the fire in a certain way, and that that's how they know that that's something that they, it's, uh, I think, Buddhism? Could be, I don't know. Real question is, is how did Kylo Ren get his hands on Vader's melted mask? Luke told him where it was, and he, f he fetched him to go get it. <laughs> nice. Oh, well, the added in partying they had to put in. Because somehow the Empire everywhere just decided to go home. I think originally it was just Bespin, Tatooine, and Coruscant, wasn't it? And then they added in Naboo 
The Naboo oh, scenes later. Yeah, they got the Gungans there. That was a bad idea. <laughs> this is the first time they ever actually showed Coruscant, I remember. What was Coruscant in the original? No. Oh look, you see the Jedi Temple in the back. No, originally it's just uh they, they redid the music for the special edition too. Right. Yeah, it isn't that weird Ewok song. Wasn't it like a weird <laughs> Ewok song? Or yeah. See? They're playing drums on the <laughs> helmets. I'm telling you, that's because they ate them. Is that Admiral Akbar down there? <laughs> I guess everyone's just going to... He's going to do a rap song. It's called It's a Rap. <laughs> Lando's telling Chewie about how cool he was with the Falcon. Some drunk Ewoks trying to dance with R2. <laughs> Is this like a super long extended party? (laughs) Oh, God. Then there's Hayden Christensen. Yeah, and then uh, Hayden Christensen claims that he didn't know what he was posing for. Like, George had him come in and do this, and he didn't know why. George had him do it, and he says if he would have known why, he would have, like, handled it differently. And so, I don't I don't know. I think it's funny, he's wearing Jedi robes he never actually wore, because he always wore, like, darker ones. In the spirit world, though, <laughs> you wear your robes, man. <laughs> you wear the traditional <laughs> Jedi robe or nothing? Yeah, yeah, it's either that or you're naked. Ah, Billy D. The only time around this era that anyone's name came before Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Yeah, especially Mark Hamill's name. Sebastian Shaw, Anakin Skywalker. That's who it was that played him. He was Anakin and David Prowse was Darth Vader. But then there was also like three other guys that basically played him too between stunt people and... (laughs) Yeah... Well, there was uh, Return of the Jedi. The last of the great Star Wars movie. Or was it? <laughs> or what? Well, <laughs> the last of the greats for now, and we'll see what what uh, what they got cooking up for us. Next is just kind of interesting to see where they'll go with some of this stuff. Uh, I don't know. Dakota, like... Uh, like, would you do you think your out, your excitement outweighs your trepidation? <laughs> uh, no, no, it does not. Your trepidation outweighs your excitement. I, 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 I'm actually feeling pretty optimistic about this. It just, just a lot of things so far. <laughs> Fat dancer. Sorry, I just <laughs> saw that in the credits. It's funny. A lot of things just seem to, to feel right about what they're showing and so i don't know hopefully if all of that proves to be true it's really not too terribly much 
to worry about other than certain J.J. Abrams tropes <laughs> that he can do. But as long, I think as I don't, I don't think it'll be the disappointment that was episode one. Yeah, probably not. That would be yeah, but uh, I don't. I don't know. I just at the same time, I'm like, I didn't like. I said before, I didn't really like how he handled certain parts of Star Trek. Right. He, you know, tried to reinvent the wheel, but really, he just kind of made the wheel look kind of ugly and stupid. Yeah, but maybe. But with this, he doesn't need to reinvent the wheel so much because yeah. he isn't being asked to necessarily reboot. He's being asked to continue. Yeah. And so maybe that'll change some of that. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. But it was definitely fun going back and revisiting these and remembering the cool things and remembering the moments where I wish he would have kept his dirty little <laughs> paws off of the special, you know, with the special edition, certain changes of the special edition. But yeah, I wish I, I wish there was most of it isn't too terribly distracting. It's just a few things that. I wish you could actually buy the originals. Just, I know there's certain things you got to do when you you put them on Blu-ray or you make them into the high def. But right, like just the CGI and these, like the stuff they added in back in, I think it was '99 or seven, '97, just have not held up well. Yeah, it just would have been like that Jabba scene in the first one. Definitely take that out. <laughs> The musical number in this one, take that out. You know, just some of that stuff like that. Like, that's just needless. But what are you going to do? They're still still fun movies. And you know, that's the thing. Even the prequels. Now, people like to hate those movies, but they're still watchable. You know, I mean, the Star Wars movies, they're always, there's always something in them that are kind of watchable and have a funness to them and things like that. Yeah. Even if they're not as good as these, you know, st- these are still flawed too. I mean, they're just, uh, they're just the first ones that we all know and love, you know, as part of it too, but. Yeah, not every movie could be The Godfather too, folks. <laughs> uh, that, well, yeah, that, that's the whole, uh, which one's better Godfather 1 or Godfather 2? There is a pretty big debate debate within that. Oh, it's 2. It's like one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> well, a lot of people just think the way they were able to balance between both of their stories and how both their stories mirror each other. You know, when they go back and show uh, Marlon Brando played young by Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro um, that, 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 that is pretty cool. It makes that one superior, but yeah. To each their own. But as far as these, um, I don't know. After re-watching them, it's hard to say which one is of these three is really my favorite, so to speak. Just because they all kind of interconnect in a lot of ways. But, uh, you know, there's like elements in each one I think are really, are really cool. And in just the way that they all just kind of flow from the next one to the next one. And... You know something? And you really do start to see, like, uh, by this one, they've really honed the craft. Like, we talked about this, the lightsaber stuff being better. Just the ships going through space. Everything just looked a little smoother and things like that. But Yeah, we don't... Nobody really talks about this movie, but for its time, this was a huge, huge movie. Yeah. Like, you know, we... 
I think we take for granted the summer blockbuster now at this point. I mean, right. I, I don't even know if this movie came out in the summer, but if it was made today, it definitely would be in the summer. And at the time, they didn't really get any bigger than this. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. This was a this was a highly anticipated spectacle of a sequel. I mean, especially you know after you had The Empire Strikes Back being you know pretty widely loved and things like that. But yeah, I think most people left pretty satisfied because these were. These are still loved to this day. We still love watching them and, and all that stuff. And, and, it, and it's still inspiring filmmakers today with the magic of them. And so, yeah, but I think with that, we'll wrap up this commentary of uh, of Return of the Jedi. And so, yeah. So if you if you haven't seen uh, Episode 7 at the point of listening to this, uh, this, the little things we talked about here at the end are you're guessing with us and... And if you have seen episode episodes of episode by the time you're listening to this, you know if we're idiots. So, yeah, but I think with that, we'll just close out this uh, this commentary episode. So this is Steven. And this is Dakota. See you later. <laughs>